Welcome to episode number 54 of Talking Mopars. I hope you've been enjoying all the Direct Connections episodes as much as I have. They are actually my favorite episodes. I always have a good time talking Mopars with my friends and other Mopar enthusiasts, so I look forward to recording many more of those episodes as this show continues to grow. You know, when I started this podcast, the idea was that it would be a way of giving a voice to the Mopars through the stories of their owners or the stories of their high-performance heritage. It's been nearly a year since I started this podcast, and as I close in on the first anniversary, I can't help but be extremely grateful. I'm grateful that I have an outlet to share my love of Mopars, and I'm grateful that I have you guys as listeners. I've said it before, without you listening, all I have is a mental disorder because, you know, I'd be talking to myself without you. So thanks for listening, and I didn't know what to expect with this podcast. The fact is that a large percentage of podcasts suffer from what we call pod fade, before they ever gain any traction. And pod fade is basically when you start getting into a podcast and then all of a sudden they stop recording it. They give up. They end. So, you know, this happens for a variety of reasons. But I'm happy to say that I've weathered the storm and Talking Mopars is here to stay. So, before we get this show on the road, I want to say that I've gotten nearly all of the listener stories organized now. And now I think that I know whose story hasn't been told and I'm happy to announce that I'm finally going to be catching up here in the next few episodes. I know this has been a long time coming, and I know I keep saying it. This time, it's actually going to happen. So those of you whose story has yet to be told, I promise you that we are going to get to them all. I wanted this week's episode to be a regular episode with some of the original staples of the show, like Project Car of the Week, High Performance Parts, and Listener Stories. I feel like it's been a while since we've done one of these, so that's what we're doing today. And to close out the show... I have a special announcement about talking Mopars. So, without further ado, if you are a Mopar enthusiast, then you are in the right place. Don't go anywhere. You're tuned into the best Mopar enthusiast-driven podcast on planet Earth. And I am your host, Chris Albrecht, better known as the Mopar Hunter. And this is Talking Mopars. You're listening to Talking Mopars with the Mopar Hunter. Your direct connection to all things Mopar. This week's Project Car of the Week is a 1971 Dodge Demon, and it was posted Monday, October 12th at 9 a.m. Let's read the ad. 1971 Dodge Demon Rare Mopar 340, $7,000, Spokane, Washington. 1971 Dodge Demon Rare Mopar 340, purchased from original owners, really rare and a true barn find, parked since 1988, have the build sheet, complete and unmolested car. Even still has the original radio and jack stand. From the factory, it was ordered with a slant 6 with a 3-speed on the floor. I have a 71 date code correct 340 ready to build that goes with it. The spare tire well is rusted like they usually are, so it will need a new trunk pan, but otherwise in really solid, complete condition. The last pictures show what the paint looked like from the factory. B5 blue with black longitudinal stripe. Don't miss your chance at this rare Mopar. Clear title in hand. Only asking 7000 or best offer. Possible trades considered. Email if interested. All right, folks, this is a pretty cool car. Two owners, has the build sheet, and comes with a date correct 340. That's really cool. I like the car, and I think it could make a fun Demon 340 tribute car, or you could just get crazy with it and build it how you wish. I like that it's an original manual transmission car. I think that's pretty cool. You know, it would be great if this was an original Demon 340 for seven grand, but it did come with a leaning tower of power, which is cool in its own right. But a car as cool as an A-body Demon, in my opinion, deserves something with a little bit more kick. I'd probably do a Gen 3 Hemi with a 6-speed if it were me, 
and take my own personal liberties when building the car. I'd update all the suspension and basically make it a, a really cool resto mod. That's probably what I do with it since it's not an original 340 car, but you know, when you get these cars that have the slant sixes or cars that aren't the highest in desirability, you can kind of, you know, take your own liberties with it and build it how you wish without really damaging the value. But when I shared this car on the Mopar Hunter Facebook page, it was actually listed at 8,000. And since then, the price has been lowered to 7,000. So that's a week. And either there's a little seller urgency there or maybe no offers have been made. So he's cutting the price a little bit to see if he can generate some more interest. But the car does need some work. It might actually be a great opportunity to get an old Mopar project for a reasonable price. You know, anything under 10 grand for me is a good price. You know, that's how crazy these prices are these days. And, you know, I like seven grand, but if it were me, I'd like to try to get it for half that. But I'd probably comfortably pay around five or six grand for it just because, you know, I really like these demons, if I'm being honest. And I think it would make a fun project. I've been seeing the prices of these A bodies come up a lot too. <laughs> you know, I bought mine for 1500 bucks and now I think I could sell it for maybe double that. I had this wild hair recently and I put my dart up for sale with all the parts associated with it. And I put it up for like seven grand and I got a couple hits. And of course I got those hits and then I told him, I told him the car was sold because I realized I didn't want to sell it, but it was interesting to see that someone would be interested at 7,000. So that was interesting to me. And it tells me the A bodies are getting a little bit higher in the market, which is cool. So this actually might be a good opportunity to snatch one up for a decent price before they start getting really crazy. The other nice thing is that the car seems to be pretty intact, which can always be helpful. Unlike my dart that was missing a bunch of stuff when I got it and had a whole heap of parts in the trunk, this demon would be nice because it's still fairly complete, which makes things a little easier if you ask me. I suppose if you wanted to, you could always just get the car running and driving and just enjoy the Slant 6 and have a, a patina blue Dodge Demon to cruise around in. You know, maybe you could just clean up the floors a little bit, throw some carpet in it, restore the seats, throw a headliner in it just to be a little bit more comfortable on the inside and leave the rest ratty and enjoy it as it is. You know what I mean? Whatever the case, it's a cool Mopar and it deserves to be saved. A 1971 Dodge Demon Slant 6 car with a 340 on the side. 7000 or best offer in Spokane, Washington. No Mopar left behind. This week's high-performance part was sent in to me by a guy named Kyle. He suggested a Dodge Charger from the movie Out Cold. To be honest, I forgot all about this movie. It's a silly comedy that has Zach Galifianakis in it, and I haven't seen it since high school. It came out when I was a sophomore or junior, but it was pretty funny back then. Not sure how it holds up now because I haven't seen it, but I'm going to have to look it up again and watch it. But the Charger in it is actually pretty funny. It's a 73 or 74 Charger SE, uh, at least that's what it appears to be, and it actually has a snow plow hooked up to it and has some lift shackles in the back giving it that super aggressive raked um, stink bug look. It's a pretty funny Charger, but a perfect addition to this movie. If you haven't seen the movie and if you like silly like stoner comedies, go check it out. I definitely wouldn't mind having that Charger to plow some of the roads around here locally when the snow gets dumped on us. That could be a fun time. But anyways, thanks, Kyle, for sending me that suggestion. That concludes this week's high performance part. The hilarious snowplow stink bug charger SE from the comedy movie Out Cold. OK, my friends, listener stories is back and we are reasonably close to being caught back up. 
I've decided to do another Listener Appreciation Week here very soon, featuring the remaining listener stories, but for today, I thought it would be good to knock out a couple of the ones I received from Instagram. Let's not waste any more time. Here we go. The first story comes to us from Sean in Houston, and here is his story. Hey Chris, my name is Sean, and I'm currently 17 years old. I fell in love with Mopar when I began to look around for my first car at 15 or 16. I settled on a 2010 Dodge Charger SE, not a Hemi sadly, but even with the V6, that car has sparked my obsession and addiction with Mopar. I love those cars to death and have learned so much in the last two years. I came across your podcast two days ago and have been listening to you while at work. I'm currently on episode 10 and I really enjoy the episodes you put out. Keep up the great work. I'm also from Houston, Texas. I forgot to add that. In one episode, I remember you mentioned that you hope to see and hear from more younger Mopar fans, so I decided to reach out. Kids like me will keep the addiction alive and well. So that was the first message that Sean sent me. He also sent me another one, so I'm going to go ahead and read that one here too. Here is Sean's second message to me. Hi Chris, hope all is well man. Finally listen to all 42 of your episodes. As a kid who's growing up around modern Mopars, I know much more about them than the older ones. But thanks to you, it's really opened that door and gave me the learning experience I wanted when it came to vintage Mopars. Just wanted to thank you for being such an inspiration to the teenage Mopar addicts such as myself. Hey Sean, I appreciate you listening and the kind words. It's really great to hear from the younger Mopar enthusiasts out there. I think the hobby is in pretty good hands. And let me say that any Mopar as a first car, Sean, is a good thing, whether you have a Hemi or not. So hold your head high, buddy. I'm sure you will have a Hemi someday. And I hope to hear the story of that. But it's nice to hear that although you'd rather have a Hemi, you are still happy to have a Mopar. That's always a great thing. To hear someone say that I'm an inspiration to younger enthusiasts is truly an honor, man, and something that I will proudly embrace. If I can help the younger enthusiasts learn even just a little bit about Mopar history, I feel like I've done a good service for the Mopar community. So I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing, and you guys need to keep listening, all right? Thanks, Sean, for sending in your story. When the time comes to upgrade your Mopar to one with a Hemi, or maybe you get a classic Mopar project, I hope you'll reach back out to me and tell us your latest story. Thanks again. Our next story for today comes to us from Scott Howell. This is an old one, much like the other ones that we're going to be sharing here in the coming weeks. I apologize to you all for not getting around to your stories sooner. And, you know, back to Scott here. This is one of those stories that I love to share. So let's go ahead and read Scott's story. Hey, Chris, just wanted to share my story with you, brother. It was 2015, three days before Thanksgiving. I had been looking for a 1968-69 to 69 Dodge Dart, and my grandpa called me about a 67 Plymouth Valiant Signet 225 Slant 6 with a 3 on the tree. At the time, I barely knew what a Valiant was. One phone call later to the seller, and we were off to see the car on Thanksgiving Day before our family dinners. We took a battery and a little bit of gas just for good measure. About 30 minutes of messing with the old car, and I was in love. $1,500 was exchanged, and the car was mine. Fast forward three years, we had gotten the car running and roadworthy. A nice set of secondhand rallies wrapped in Cooper tires, new plugs and wires, and rebuilt the car. I did all the bodywork and painted the car as I am a professional painter in the collision industry here in Charlotte, North Carolina. The car underwent a beautiful transformation and I fell in love with a car. I hardly knew what it was when I bought it. Now my three-year-old and two-month-old son love riding in my car. Thanks for all you do for us Mopar guys. Keep it up, sir. Scott Howell. Hey, Scott, thanks for sharing your story. Great story, my friend. I think it's great that you ended up with a Valiant. They are one of those Mopars that, you know, frankly, just don't get the respect they deserve. Valiants are cool, 
You did a fantastic job on the body and paint work. I saw the pictures, and it's great to hear that your kids love riding in the car. Hopefully, your love with the car will inspire them and, you know, get them involved in Mopars like their dad. I am curious if you have any future plans for the Valiant, or if you're just going to leave it and cruise it as is. It's not too often that you see a restored Valiant on the road, let alone one that retains the original Slant 6 and 3 on the tree. It would be interesting to hear if maybe you have plans for a V8 swap of some kind, but... Either way, it's a cool car, Scott. I'm glad to see another one saved. Thanks for sharing your story. That's it for listener stories, folks. If you have a story that you want to share on the show, I promise it won't be months before I read it this time. Um, there are a couple good ways to do it. One way is by sending an email to chris at talkingmoparts.com, and the other is by leaving your story on my voicemail for me to play on the show. You can do that at 209-28-MOPAR. That was listener stories, and there are plenty more where those came from, and we will be sharing those on some upcoming episodes. All right, friends, it's time for my special announcement. While this podcast thus far has been primarily audio-focused, I'm excited to announce that I'm going to be adding a new dimension to Talking Mopars. Soon, I will be launching a Talking Mopars live stream show, and also some other video content. These videos will be available on Facebook and the YouTube channel that I'm currently working on, as well as clips on Instagram and the other social media platforms that I use. I'm really excited to bring on not only another challenge for myself, but a new stream of Mopar-related content to entertain you. While I don't have a plan set in stone yet, what I can tell you is that I will be experimenting with a variety of content to see you know, what works and what doesn't. So that's where you come in. In order to provide you with the best audio and visual entertainment that I am capable of, I will be needing your feedback on the content as it comes out. And while I do have a whole list of ideas, of course, your ideas are always welcome. And if I can work them in, I will. So that's the special announcement. I'm hoping to start releasing video content sometime before the year ends, hopefully sometime in early November, and who knows, maybe even sooner. The fun thing about live streaming is that the Direct Connections episodes that I do when I have guests on the show, you'll be able to tune in live and ask questions and interact with myself and the guests. So I think that's going to bring a really fun dynamic to the show, and I'm super excited about it. The video thing is going to be a whole new fun learning experience for me, and I look forward to having you all along for the ride. So stay tuned. That was my special announcement. There you have it, my friends. Another episode of Talking Mopars is in the books. For more information about this podcast or to listen and subscribe to the show, please visit TalkingMopars.com. And don't forget that you can send me your Mopar stories, questions, comments, complaints, suggestions, and everything else on your Mopar addicted mind to Chris at TalkingMopars.com. Or leave me a voice message on my voicemail box at 209-28-MOPAR to hear yourself on the show. One last thing, if you'd like to help support Talking Mopars, you can do so by ordering some Talking Mopars merchandise. It's not a requirement, but it is much appreciated, and it helps me keep the lights on around here. Check it out. If you jump on over to TalkingMopars.com and in the menu click on Talking Mopars merch, you will automatically be linked to the merch shop where you will find all the current Talking Mopars merch, like t-shirts, hoodies, sweatshirts, stickers, mugs, and more. The best part about merch is that by ordering products, not only do you help support Talking Mopars, but you also get something cool in return. But maybe merch isn't your thing. If that's the case, you can also support the podcast 
by subscribing to the show and leaving me a rating and a review. I'd really appreciate that as well. Special thanks to my friends over at HemiPages.com and DIYHemi.com. Both companies are good people and good friends of mine, and any friend of mine is a friend of yours. So go give them some likes and follows on social media, and also be sure to give their websites a visit as well. Also, for the Build Mopar project, we are now in the middle of the vote for the front suspension. So, to cast your votes on what suspension will be going on the front of the 1968 Dodge Dart Superstock Tribute car with the modern Hemi, Go to buildmopar.com and cast your votes today. That's it, my friends. Until we talk again, I am your host, Chris Albrecht, and that was Talking Mopars. Thank you for listening to Talking Mopars, your direct connection to all things Mopar. Until next time, remember, no Mopar left behind.